Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Lowdown. Today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Italian match analyst Alessandro De Vita. Alessandro, welcome to the show. Hi Connor, nice to be with you here. Alessandro, finally the pleasure is all mine to have you on the show. But as we begin with every guest, can you please take us through your earliest football memory? Um, I have so many uh, as a child, uh, but I clearly remember like uh, playing in the streets, playing uh, uh, in the surroundings of of my of my own house. Even at my grandma, uh, there was an uphill road with a, with a gate on top, and I was used to just kick the ball there as as a goal. Um, what I like to think for everybody, you know, that loves this uh, incredible uh, uh, sport is that as soon as you touch the, the, the ball with your with your feet, it's like magic, you know? Uh, magic happens in, in an instant. So football football or soccer in American is something that we all we all love. And and I really truly believe that as soon as you kick the ball, the magic happens. Just like that. Crazy. And I mean, was it apparent early on football was going to be an obsession for you? Uh, I, I was, I mean, always obsessed with football. Um, when I was really young, I didn't know uh, that later on it would have been my uh, my career. But at the age of 15, 16, I was already into thinking about coaching uh, and I was still playing. But I was more keen on watching my coaches and what they were doing. Um, so I was already focused on that uh, while I was still playing. But yeah, then uh, so far it's going good, but you know, we, we can still improve. And I mean, so you could say you caught the analysis bug pretty quickly. Um. Yeah, Um. you know, um, at least in Italy, um, match analysis or, you know, video analysis in general has begun like 10 years ago, something like that. And before it was something, you know, uh, like people going to to scout matches just to go uh, and look uh, at, the, at, the, at the matches uh, on live. Um, but then all of a sudden something happens, even with Mourinho coming uh, um, into Italian football, um, I believe that was uh, a changing point for the old culture in Italy because there was not so much attention on details and on opposition analysis as there is now. Um, so um, I shiftly moved into into match analysis uh, when I was like uh, after a uni, but 21, 22. And uh, yeah, it has been a good journey so far. Uh, but I still uh, want to challenge myself into coaching. Uh, so let's see, you know, what the, the future brings. But um, I'm open to work as a performance analyst or, or coach or assistant coach, whatever. But I, I would like to be also on the pitch. And uh, I mean, obviously, you're well known for your role as match analyst. And over the last decade, I mean, we'll speak pretty quick. We'll speak pretty soon about, I mean, the long list of illustrious names that you've worked with, such as Maurizio Sarri, uh, Felipe Anzaghi, sorry, Luciano Spalletti, Jose Mourinho. But how would you describe the role of match analyst? Um, uh, I mean, the role, let's say, 
uh, as mm, really detailed duties or you know uh, um, specific duties uh, you need to support your your coach uh, study the opposition and give all the insights to the to the coaching staff uh, but most of all, I would say that you need to be really versatile and adaptable to the environment and the people you're working with, uh, because all managers are different. Uh, all clubs are different in terms of facilities, in terms of uh, uh, structure. Um, so, yeah, you really need to to adapt, even for uh, such a role uh, like the, the match analyst that is, is let, let's say, new. Uh, nowadays, everybody is involved into it or wants to, to get on board. Um, but yeah, I, I really believe you you need to have the a strong competence, of course, but at the same time, be really adaptable to the environment and the people you're working with. That's uh, fundamental to me. Yeah, it does sound really key too, because even, I mean, it was funny, I was speaking with Adrian Terrascon, who's the head of data and methodology at Lille yesterday on this podcast, and we speak about how really, you know, most of the tactical innovations that occurred at breakneck speed were in fact during COVID, when coaches, players, teams alike had a mm. chance to slow down and be able to decipher through a lot of the noise that was going on, and it's really interesting, I mean, you look at most top European teams now, you're on that football treadmill Saturday, Tuesday, or Saturday, Thursday, if you're Europa League or in Conference League. I mean, it sounds just like a crazy routine. I mean, how have you had to adapt your skill set, especially working in an era of change such as this? Yeah. Um, yeah first of all, uh, I, I believe it was really important for my career as a professional to start having... Uh, uh, let's say um, roles which were not so uh, intense at the really beginning. So uh, I got the chance to smoothly understand what it was like to working like uh, three matches a week, uh, but after some time. So that was good for me because otherwise, if you start from zero to three days uh, in a week, uh, it's really difficult, as you were saying, uh, because uh, the routine is crazy. Uh, you need to be one step ahead every time, uh, because uh, you need to be available and ready to, you know, explain everything to the coaching staff. Um, and as you raise up the level, uh, the people is asking you for more, uh, and this is pretty uh, understandable. Um, yeah, I I need to say that. You know, starting with uh, uh, a less important role, let's say, uh, always into match analysis, but then uh, slightly going into the real business was was fundamental. And as you can imagine, it's really different to work with a schedule with uh, one match per week or or three match per, three matches per week, uh, because yeah, you need to adapt very quickly. You need to be ahead. And uh, and then you need also to recover some time, but you have just little time to do it. So even your your videos, your insights must be uh, really detailed, but not too many. Yeah. Lots of stuff going on. And it must even be crazy when you're working in a pressure cooker versus such a huge club such as Internazionale and AS Roma. 
I mean, obviously fresh from your own experience, but I'd like to focus on both. I mean, when you're a club, an institution so deep-rooted at the heart of European football as both teams are, I mean, like, you must not get a moment to put your head down and rest. No. So, yeah, uh, it's only reflection in the moment afterwards. Yeah. Um, another uh, advantage I had at the time is that uh, I thought I needed to be really focused uh, with my career. So even sometimes you need to uh, uh, be, be ready to sacrifice for it. So your friends, girlfriends, uh, your parents, you need to be aware that that kind of routines can, you know, um, can't, um, you know, doesn't ha doesn't help you to get some, some time with them. Uh, but then if you're willing to, you know, and it's your passion, you just have to do it and you to be, to be focused, organized for it. Uh, and doing it at Inter and Roma was fantastic, of course. Uh, I was an Inter fan as a child. Then you grow up, you know, as a professional. Uh, you are still a, a fan, but it is becoming different then because you are professional. So uh, the, the feeling is different, but uh, the emotions are amazing. So all the sacrifices you made are paid off at the end. And that's the that's the best thing. And obviously at Inter Milan, you worked with two of the most renowned managers in world football and Luciano Spalletti and Antonio Conte. How did both differ, Alessandro, in terms of their approach to analysis? Uh, they were kind of different, of course, for training methodologies and way of thinking about uh, football, uh, their playing style. Um, it's also, uh, it must be said that Inter had uh, their own department at the time. Uh, so we had uh, already a group of people working for the for the club. So um, we would carry on, let's say, the the work for the club uh, together with the work for the, the coaching staff. So um, again, I can say you need to adapt to them, uh, to their needs. Um, and I'm pretty sure that as as we go uh, as we go far, uh, there are managers who are more keen into uh, opposition analysis to data analysis. Um, so it's gonna be really really challenging and interesting uh, as the time goes by because more people uh knows uh, about everything concerning this job now so it's possible that that many things are going to to be done in the future um these managers are managers who loves to work on the pitch so most of the time you need to help them with training and helping them uh getting some situations some clips but then uh, they are fantastic in just finding the solution by themselves so uh, it's it's kind of um, let's say traditional approach, uh, but in the future I'm sure it's gonna be more fluid. And I'm pretty sure. I mean, obviously you spoke about there at Internazionale that you guys had your own analysis department, but still at the same time, it seems to me it's quite a bit of a process getting on board, understanding their style of play, understanding what they want, how it's going to be presented. Um. Yeah, you know, uh, with Conte, for example, 
we needed uh, really to understand their uh, their method um, because he is very analytical. Uh, the style of play is really um, is full of, of rules, let's say. So the first time of the season, the early stages, you really need to understand uh, the approach, but also the rules of, of this uh, of this kind of uh, uh, way of playing. Uh, but then you get used to it. You you can see then the situations uh, automatically. Uh, so just the first steps are uh, are difficult. Uh, but then yeah, um, you need to work a lot on um, on drawing on you know on uh, all the telestration tools uh, to to help the coaches and and the players. Uh, I would say with Spalletti, it was less important to use uh, telestration tools uh, because some managers prefer to to present the clips and then just pointing at the at the at the board. Uh, you know, you, you learn a lot from any manager, and in particular these two, where you know, as you as you said before, are iconic uh, figures. So, yeah, very interesting. And of course, you have no say in the matter, but would you have a preferred approach for going through analysis? Um, I mean, you you learn from from anybody. Uh, I I can say some um, what is better or or worse. Uh, I can have a preference. Yes, <laughs> uh, like uh, with Mourinho, for example, you need to be more open. In understanding the game is is more like helping game out with solutions rather than with Conte you already have a plan and you need to fit uh, into the system with the right solution. So it's a bit different uh, the approach as an analyst, uh, but you know you can say what is better or not. Uh, as I, I said before, it's about adaptability and uh, just to support the the coaching staff in their needs. And obviously, a large part of that, Alessandro, right is providing the coach with a solution that they need. I mean, I'm just interested to hear more about how did your style of communication, in fact, have to change going from a Spalletti to a Conte? Um, let's say that uh, these managers, uh, they want to know everything, of course, about the, the position and their own team, if you have some insights to share with them. Uh, but then they're gonna present everything to the to the players. Uh, so we were just giving the the video uh, support. Uh, then the manager is the one taking care about passing the message through the players. And uh, speaking uh, uh, of the communication between the analysts and the managers, um, you need to be really precise, of course. Uh, you you're not allowed to make mistakes. And the thing is, with those managers, you really need to be uh, precise and tight. You can't, you know, uh, um, you you can't talk too much uh, through all the things you have seen. You need to give them the perfect insights, fitting their 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 methodology, their their style of playing. Uh, and this gets with time uh, by knowing uh, how they how they are working, their approach. Uh, and and with experience, I would say, because you need to be experienced as well. The first time is not that easy, and then you get used to it. Uh, but 
you know, in any case, you need to be very precise. And uh, sometimes it's better not to say anything than saying something that, uh, you know, can be misunderstood. So you, you have to be precise or better to shut up sometimes. Uh, they are top managers, so they understand everything, even the smallest thing. And I mean, both again, focusing on them, Spalletti and Conte, they're both represents of a culture word that you could say that's going on in Italian football at the moment. I mean, to see the tactical evolution in the Serie A from the last few years has been nothing short of incredible. You have like the avant garde of Spalletti, Gasparini, Vincenzo and Italiano, De Zerbi, what's that swallow? I mean, could you take us more through the, the eyes of an analyst working in Syria, the changes that you've seen over the last four to five seasons? Um, uh, I must say, you know, in Italy, we uh, we always look abroad into, into Premier League, uh, into La Liga. Uh, but uh, at the same time, I have to say that uh, Italian football um, has been really interesting in the past few years. Um, like 10 years ago, maybe, um, the football played by several clubs or the top clubs or the Serie A in general was more direct. Um, but I, I need to say that every team now in, uh, in, in Serie A is trying to play from the back. They're playing with principles. They are well recognizable. Um, before it was uh, more about uh, dealing with the opponent, so it was uh, a tactical attack. There were tactics made tailored for the opponent. While nowadays every team tries, you know, to to make their own model of play. Uh, you know, uh, to, they they try to make their model rather than trying to counter the model of their rival. So that's the main switch, in my opinion. And uh, I would say there are uh, exactly managers, as you uh, have just said, and many others who really have strong ideas and their teams uh, are really organized uh, and uh, um, they make propositive football uh, rather than, let's say, 10 years ago. Uh, so I have to say Syria is very interesting and I'm sure also people from uh, other countries are looking into Syria now from a tactical point of view now. Yeah, and I mean, you look at Italian teams, Alessandro, right? They've always been at the hard front of innovation. You look at the Milanalo lab, you look at the great coaches that have come out of the country, such as back in the day with Arrigo Sacchi and whatnot. And you see how teams have caught up in the last few years. Indeed, the success of AC Milan in the Massinale and Napoli the season in the Champions League. Look at the age profile of that AC Milan squad that beat uh, Napoli last night. So for me, looking at the current trends, where do you see the future of Italian football going at this present time? Um, in my opinion, Serie A is going to be always really challenging tactically and very interesting to watch uh, because the managers are um, really prepared. Uh, I would say even in lower uh, categories and lower leagues, uh, there are top managers, but they just hadn't the opportunity to, you know, train uh, at the highest level. Um, so in general, every manager in Italy is well prepared 
And um, there are several schools, uh, like uh, you, you mentioned Gasperini playing more, uh, let's say, with die pressing, man-on-man, um, -man, uh, while others are playing zonally, like uh, uh, Sarri, which is a, um, a great uh, admirer of Saki. Uh, you have uh, really everything, and... Um, the only thing is about the rhythm, the intensity, because the teams many times are more focused on uh, preventing goals rather than scoring. So they want to be perfect uh, defensively. Um, and uh, in my opinion, in terms of intensity, uh, the level here is really different to, for example, Premier League uh, or Bundesliga. Uh, they are used to run up and down the pitch, uh, pressing uh, but in any case, tactically speaking, the situations in in Italy are, are really uh, are really interesting to watch, and I'm sure Serie A is gonna be a reference point uh, for this kind of situation. While in terms of high intensity, uh, I can I still see the Premier League and the Bundesliga uh, as the major references. And really interesting because, I mean, on this podcast, as far we've spoken about working for managers that some have a pre-described style of play, others may have a style of play that they'll adapt according to the opponent that they're facing at the weekend. And indeed, I mean, looking at the success of two of your former uh, colleagues, Maurizio Sarri and Luciano Spalletti this season, indeed, they're coaches that they adapt their style of play according to the level of the opponent they'll face. And indeed, you'll see the success in Napoli this season. You see football going back to that, where it's kind of a little bit more geared towards individual, where it's tailored towards the success of units and individuals over the more group dynamic. Um. Well, uh, you know, uh, tailoring, uh, um, you know, your your game plan on the opponent is gonna be always something uh, uh, fundamental. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, I, I see more now teams in general who really wants to, you know, put into the game whatever they, they want, whatever they have. So they want to be recognizable. They want to dominate the match offensively or defensively because some teams are even dominating defensively. Uh, for example, uh, Mourinho is capable of, you know, um, giving the team the, the unique ability to dominate the game defensively while you're not having the ball. Um, so in, in general, I would say that any team is trying to not anymore counter the rivals, but trying to put their ideas into the field. And then, of course, you need to tailor a game plan for, uh, for the opponent. Uh, but I see managers and in general football going uh, into this direction where every team wants to have a recognizable identity. Um, I don't know if that was exactly the question you were asking, uh, but yeah, pretty much this is what I, what I think. Yeah, no, it was. And I think to echo that even more, Alessandro, obviously you're someone who, owing to your good work, I mean, you've been involved in season after season in Serie A, you've been on that football treadmill. So I'm just curious now, being out of the game, obviously, but still a lot of passion and obsession for football. You're still watching, you're still analysing games. I mean, what are you looking for now, analysing a game out of your own love for it, 
versus what you would have been before? I mean, what's catching your eye? Um, at the moment, uh, um, many things in general. Um, when you have, you know, some time off, you can focus more on into details. Uh, I see teams, for example, who are really uh, keen on working on set pieces, and that's um, it's a massive part of the game. If we consider that nearly thirty percent, in general, over the the top leagues uh, are, are uh, you know from uh, set pieces uh, situations, the goal scored. Um, so even on throw-ins, we we can do much better in Italy already. Many teams are prepared for it, um, but in general, also you know um, the the role of the GK has been increasingly important uh, with time. So everybody now tries to create that numerical superiority from behind. And uh, you can see you know teams uh, with like Inter or or Milan. Uh, having Gonana, having uh, Manyan, that are really fantastic with the, with their feet. Um, let's say that uh, I try to uh, to see what is catching in general to Mahai, and these would be transitions, would be building from the back, would be some kind of set pieces situations. Um, I try to be open minded and just. Uh, um, Put my focus into some situation as the as I see a match going on, and so there are many details actually that uh, are in my mind at the moment. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you love football and you're obsessed with it, uh, you you see many things, and sometimes I need to write everything down because I don't know if I'm gonna remember that same situation again. Uh, many things, so. But football has been really interesting. Uh, managers are more keen on playing or on having, you know, uh, an offensive playing style. And uh, as you know, uh, from Guardiola, but also other managers, we are looking back uh, to bring new solutions uh, with, uh, you know, inverted pyramid or uh, many other solutions that are, again, uh, brought uh, into into our time really really interesting and i mean one thing that we spoke about here is kind of investigating growth i mean how you've had to adapt how you've had to change how you've had to kind of go with the flow and a succession of jobs and what you're doing outside of the game but one thing i want to investigate too is success obviously one of the crowning feats of your career was last season winning the europa conference league with roma I mean, could you take us a little bit through that season? Because I can imagine working on that Saturday or Friday to Thursday timeline couldn't have been easy. Yeah. Um, but first of all, uh, as I told you before, I was an Inter fan since I was a child. And um, if I am an analyst now or even someone who, who wants to be into coaching from, from a, an early stage is because of Mourinho. And uh, I, I believe many, many other guys of my age and other generations are being inspired, have been inspired by, by Mourinho. So first thing, 
seeing him at the training ground the first day I I I arrive into into AS Roma that was uh, and you know a strange but incredible feeling uh, you know when you when you see your idol uh so that was fantastic the first impression and um the the whole season you know you have you have ups and downs as uh, as is normal in, uh, in in football uh but we created a, a strong identity uh incredibly uh similar to the to, to the manager uh, as it happens lots of the times when the manager can actually uh, exactly bring uh, his philosophy and his way of approaching life and football and uh, it was really challenging as you as you can imagine uh we were seeing lots of matches we were analyzing and studying uh, day in day out no days uh, days uh, off because uh, those are for players and you need to uh, to be ahead uh, but at the same time when you look back you feel really good about it you feel you you have done your job you were uh, somehow important yeah, you played uh, a key role and uh, celebrating uh, you know when winning the the cup the the conference league uh, was i believe uh, the best experience of my life so far uh, similar to the scudetto uh, we won with Inter, but uh, th that was amazing. And the people in the streets were just uh, unbelievable, fantastic. Uh, something that I, I don't know if I'm going to experience again in my life. Yeah, the, the outpouring of emotion was something else. And for people that say the Conference League didn't matter before, I mean, take a look at Mourinho's celebrations after. It's absolutely spine-tingling as a Chelsea fan myself. But I mean, you know, looking at someone like Mourinho who... In some circles, at the very worst, people could say it's a cult. You know, mm. people like ourselves were speaking about him. You have first-hand experience of working with him. I think the world of him. And one of the things Jose Mourinho is best at doing is creating that winning identity and mindset within teams. Not only the players, but the backroom staff that he goes into at clubs. I mean, how does he do it so quickly? Ah. Uh... I mean, that's something uh, about magic, in my opinion, because he's just a great guy that really loves to get everybody involved. So he's actually able to pass through that message, that winning mentality. And the thing is that he really wants everybody to be uh, to be happy about the job they're doing. Uh, he wants everybody to be responsible for the job they're doing. And this increase, increase the level uh, of, of of the team and the backroom uh, backroom stuff, as, as you said, because everybody really feels involved. Not like uh, other environments where you are just uh, you know someone working for the club, but you really feel uh, that in your tiny area that is, has a small importance, you are really uh, essential for him, and that's a key factor, as you as you say as you were saying, uh, and. Um, I also say to everybody that the moment we go into the final, the day after, uh, for the whole two weeks before the match, I know for sure as a fact we are going to win the match. I have this incredible energy and feeling that we are going to win. So as a player or, or part of the coaching staff, 
having that you know fire and uh, uh, incredibly you know feeling that everything is gonna be fine is uh, it's incredible. Uh, he is really like the man who who wins games. Uh, that's about him. Call it magic, call it an aura. There's no reason why they got. There's no reason why they call him the special one, or no wonder why they yeah. call him the special one. In fact, but I mean, Alessandro obviously now been nearly a year out of the game. I mean, reflecting upon, I'm sure in this conversation and other podcasts you've been having, reflecting upon the career, the experience you've had. For such a young analyst, indeed, by this very day, working with a whole host of illustrious names. I mean, what are some of the biggest lessons that you'll take away that when you go into your next job that you'll begin to implement? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, first of all, staying out for nearly a whole season is never easy. Uh, <laughs> I had to do it also because of... Um, uh personal uh um personal um yeah um situations uh but yeah you i got uh, lots of time to think about many things i could do better um but the feeling is that i, I really want to come back <laughs> Uh, is four or five months. I I really need to to be on the pitch again, and I need those sensations about uh, uh, feeling important for a club. Um, you know, um, experiences in general uh, learn. You know, uh, are a, a source of lessons. Uh, I had the time to to discover more about myself, and. Um, I can't say you exactly what I can bring to another club, but definitely uh, when you're working on yourself, uh, you keep updated, uh, you you feel and you still have that uh, fire inside yourself. Uh, that's the best thing you can you can bring to a new football club, a new a new opportunity. Uh, and I really hope that is coming soon. Uh, I believe so. Um, because I really want to start again, and uh, yeah, one one thing now I can say now that I'm speaking with you, uh, I believe from my last experience with the Roma uh, that energy is fundamental in this game. The psychological mindset, the attitude you're bringing to to a context. Uh, so sometimes we believe you know tactics or technical skills. Uh, are are essential and they are, but they we forget most of the times about what we bring as human beings, and our power to uh, empower uh, strong uh, dynamics uh, that are fundamental to to obtain results. So having that kind of energy, I believe, is crucial to get results and to to impact on a team. Fantastic. Alessandro, you've been a wonderful guest. It's been amazing to discuss some of your experience in football today. But before we wrap up, I mean, for anyone who's that slightly bit inspired about listening about you speaking and reflecting about your journey today, 
and that's looking to get into a role as match analyst, what advice would you have for them? Um, I have been asked this question before, and uh, I always say that there is no, um, let's say, I can say there is just one way to get it. I believe that everybody should know the, uh, their limits. They, they need to discover their limits to in order to overcome them. And the best thing you can do is just uh, get into, you know, knowing people, uh, get into analysis, do everything you can and you need to in order to find uh, a situation that you want to be in. So if you if you really are looking to be a performance analyst, uh, learn, study, uh, go to see, you know, uh, matches, go to training grounds, do everything is possible uh, for you to achieve that dream because at the very end is your passion that drives you to to results i i really believe that i wasn't uh, no one because uh, i i am not uh, like uh, the son of uh, of an important player or, or whatever in football um, but when you have that desire and that passion uh, you're going to get results somehow if you if you are willing to sacrifice that that's the thing fantastic alessandro Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a big pleasure.